From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair and Over the Top Cycling, uh, and you'll see why in just a minute. We're visiting with Ryan Green, who I know from Rosignol, Nordic Division Manager, but uh, you've taken on another title as well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we've been growing here over the last year and a half or so, so uh, my new job, or my additional responsibilities is managing the uh, time brand for North America. Now time was such a well-known and kind of leader in the Peloton brand. What happened to the company? Uh, a few things. Um, the, the primary thing is the founder, uh, Roland Catan passed away in October, 2014. And that was a unexpected event. He was on a bike ride and, um, had a, had a heart issue. And ever since then, the, that you know, he was a—he's the founder. He was also the the CEO, and um, you know, in those types of environments, he, he you know, he was really the the guiding light for the brand. And when this happened you know, unexpectedly, um, it, it just kind of created some challenges for him. Uh, about that same time maybe even just a touch earlier, we started looking at getting into the cycling industry. Um, this has been on the kind of on the radar for us for, for a number of years. And no, the primary, yeah, the, the primary reason really is to just diversify. Um, you know, we're a winter sports company and uh, have a you know strong portfolio uh, of brands and, and product in, in that arena, but that's six months out of the year. And, you know, we're a global company. We have, thousands of employees we have multiple warehouses and factories and you know these types of things and some of these things are idle um for half of the year or a portion of the year at least and uh this is an opportunity for us to to just kind of help diversify the company set us up for uh the future and you know of course we have to uh, you know identify and and understand what's happening with snowfall and you know there's there's challenges with where it's going to fall and when it's going to fall and how much of it falls and then what's the temperature behind the storm and all these types of things so it just helps to kind of even things out for us now this is really interesting to me ryan because i look bindings and look pedals that's kind of where the whole clipless uh, revolution started in in bicycle pedals and then rosignol purchased look and now makes the rosignol binding which is you can still see the look uh influence on some of their bindings um, and now they're with time. Is there, how does that all work? Well, you're going to need a piece of paper and a pencil to map this all out. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, look, it is part of the Rosnell group. It that is. would be, yeah, well, look, ski bindings, look cycling is a separate company and that is not part of the group. So the winter sports side had kind of, and the cycling side split. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's, let's say seventies, you know, it's give or take a decade. It was in there. And, um, uh, the, the winter sports side came into the Rosnell group and back in, back in those days, uh, Gates came in and caber boots and these types of things. Uh, and then look cycling went in its own direction. And, um, uh, you're correct. That's clipless pedals came out of there. Uh, you know, obviously look makes frames and, um, as well. Look is also, they are based in Nevers, France, which is where our binding factory is, and that's also, coincidentally, where the Time Pedal Factory is. So, you know, France isn't that big of a country, so there's, 
you know, um, but they're all kind of in that that same region there. And um, but there's no affiliation between Look Cycling and the Rosnell Group. Two two separate companies, and at the you know at the product level, and we're you know essentially competitors. Now, how involved the, with time is Rosignol going to be? One hundred percent. We're her. Uh, t- so time has been. We acquired time back in. Uh, let's say it was. It was February of twenty sixteen. So about a year and a half ago, and this is at the global level. So. Uh, we're based just outside of Grenoble, France, and time was just south of Lyon, France, and Lyon to Grenoble is 45 minutes by car on a highway. Uh, and as we were starting to look around for for some bike uh, brands to to get into into the bike side of things here, um, you know, look or time became available. And um, uh, when Mr. Catan passed away, his daughter started managing the business, and she knew that we were looking and were we're close enough to say we're neighbors over in France, and uh, that started some conversations. And as we started going through the due diligence and these types of things, we started looking at the you know there's the financial side, but also there's the the culture of the company and the DNA of the company. And and for the Rosnell Group, we're kind of a we're we're product first company. So uh, we make product, we engineer product, and work with athletes and so on. And then we figure out how to bring it to market. And you know, hopefully, it's an appropriate product for market. And then as that process happens, it, the thing will eventually work its way onto uh, to finished product and then into the consumer marketplace. Time was a little bit that way as well. It's an engineering-driven company. It's a technology-driven company, and then they they come up with these ideas, and then the, it's a little bit of okay, we have this idea. What do we do with it? And so, from that standpoint, it, it fit in very nicely with uh, kind of who we are as a group, uh, more or less in the same region of France. Um, so it, it was a kind of a natural fit for us to to go in this direction and. Um, uh, with that, so time has been integrated into the group just as Lang ski boots and look bindings and you know our, our clothing division and, and now felt bicycles and, and all sorts of things. So it's um, uh, in the office I'm in, our North American office here in Park City, Utah, there's um, you know a variety of brands and the office next to me is the Alpine manager and the office on the other side is a snowboard manager and across the hall is the Dean Star Lang manager and, and these types of things and and so you know we all work in in you know a little bit of a silo not really silos but we work we work in certain areas but then we have a lot of shared services within the, the thing too so it's you know the Alpine guy was just in my office a few minutes ago and we were working on some forecasting things for 1819 and stuff so uh, time is, is very much much a, a part of the group, and that that's true at the uh, manufacturing level. Uh, it, you know, with with all sorts of things, it sits in our warehouse, uh, right right next to the uh, ski product. Um, a lot of the team over in France has come out of the Rosnell Group, uh, and time people have moved into the Rosnell Group, and so on. So uh, it, it's been a you know with any type of merger like this there's some some challenges and some things we got to work through and we've done all that over the last year and a half or so and now uh you know the the time staff is fully integrated into into the rosnell they're they're using you know the rosnell computer systems and our global logistics platforms and these types of things and that's true in north america as well 
Now, when time really broke onto the scene in the early 90s, I mean, the shoes were really popular. I mean, it was the pedal and shoe system in the pro peloton, it seemed. Uh, you're making pedals, you're making bike frames still. Uh, any shoes, yep. anything, any other products that you're looking at? No, today it's just, it's pedals and frames. Um, you know, as we move forward, who knows what the what the future is going to bring, but we certainly see a tremendous amount of opportunity with this brand, and there's there's certainly potential for some line extensions there. You know, it's a lot of us are cyclists as well. It's it's quite common for, you know, skiing and cycling. Those are, you know, complementary activities. So uh, we were all pretty excited when when word started to happen that this, this might be uh, the brand that joins the group, uh, in part because most of us use the, the pedals and uh, you know frames are uh, a little different animal, but um, uh, with that you know we make footwear and all sorts of other stuff. So maybe someday in the future there are shoes. Today that there's not, but uh, you know you never know what's coming down the line. Now time available in shops. What's been the uh, reception from the the bicycle industry? Yeah, they are. Uh, it's it's been received very well. So you know, time over the last couple of years has, has been pretty quiet for the the reasons I, I talked about earlier. And you know, that's probably the thing we've been working on most is relaunching this brand and and really taking in consideration the history or the heritage of the, of the brand and, and respecting that. And then also now that it's integrated in, into the group, we're able to do to do more with this brand. We're we're a, a larger company than than say Time was on its on its own. So, Time has the benefit of the the greater group from you know marketing and logistics and production and and all these types of things. So, we are very optimistic and working to get Time back to where it was back in the heydays in the the late 80s and 90s. And you know, as you said, the the pedals and shoes the, that's what everybody had back then, and and that's our intention um, to moving forward. So we're talking with athletes in, in all different disciplines from, uh, you know, world tour teams to uh, triathletes to cyclocross and mountain bike uh, in all the different disciplines and stuff. So we're getting athletes back involved in this. We just launched a couple new pedals uh, in, in the road and mountain categories here a week ago. And the reception on that has been, uh, absolutely fantastic. We were, we started to show them a little bit at Interbike, which was, uh, at the tail end of September. So people are very excited in, in what's going on, uh, and we we with time we were able to when we started looking at pedals for us being a, a bunch of ski people we're like you know that's more or less an alpine ski binding it's a it's a composite housing it has metal parts there's spring everything's under tension in there you need to have very tight tolerances so one thing we did uh, during this transition period over the last year and a half was started to look at how the pedals were made and we were looking at our binding factory both happened to be in the same town over in france in Navarre. so we actually closed the pedal factory and everybody grabbed their stuff and essentially walked across the street jumped into the the binding factory and that's where we're making the pedals now and the reason for that is uh you know all the the legal challenges and paperwork you got to fill out when you you take a demo ski or you know somebody's purchasing a ski at a shop and they have to 
do all this stuff because of the binding. We look at a pedal as a more or less a binding. And you know, from a manufacturing standpoint, we want to make sure that the tolerances are exact. We have 100% confidence in the raw material and that it's running through a production line that is uh, you know, uh, efficient and precise. And that's not to say that time wasn't doing that in the past, but this is an area that, that we do. We you know, operate at that level every single day. Um, and there was some opportunity to update the, the pedal factory. And if we moved it into the binding factory, we have modern machines. It's ISO certified at, you know, numerous levels, including green certification. So it made a lot of sense to do this. So now we're able to get pedals produced uh, more efficiently, which means faster, better consistency. There's, there's better visibility on the whole supply chain. So, you know, for overproduction or underproduction, these types of things, you know, better planning for product launches, all this type of stuff. So uh, there's a lot of benefit um, in, to time from that standpoint. And this will allow us to, to start bringing some pretty compelling product to market. And I, these new pedals that we just introduced are, are the first step of kind of Rosnell fingerprints on the Time brand. And with that, I, I, I want to make sure that it, it's clear that uh, the time people joined our company, uh, just same thing with Felt. It's the you know the Felt organization joined the Rosnell Group. It's not like we we went out and bought the the trademark and you know put a bunch of Rosie people in there. The all the engineers and and that team is you know we we basically added to the payroll uh, with both of these brands, and uh, so we have the expertise and the history with these, and now they're able to kind of jump into our global uh, machine, and we'll be able to. To help get this brand back where it should be. Now, what are your goals for next season? Uh, next season is to ride my bike more and ski a lot this this winter. Um, and uh, on top of that, uh, for the brand, we'll be uh, the we treat it as two separate things. So one is to uh, we look at Time, the pedal company, and we also look at Time as a frame company. Uh, they're they're really two different marketing messages and two different strategies. So for pedals, we make pedals from a, a world-class cyclist all the way down to a recreational cyclist that's maybe getting their first bike or, or possibly getting their first pair of clipless pedals. And that's true whether it's road or mountain. We even make a city pedal. So if somebody had a, a commuter or, you know, kind of their go rip around town on the weekend or uh, even an e-bike type setup, we make pedals in, in that arena as well. So we have this massive collection of pedals to hit all different uh, price points and, and different features that different riders are looking for. Uh, you know, the top end is a, is a, on the roadside is a crazy lightweight uh, pedal. It's uh, 80 grams or 160 grams for the pair. We use ceramic speed bearings. It's a hollow titanium axle. It's a carbon body. I mean, it's just the whatever the top is for every little piece of a pedal, this thing has it. And, you know, it's a $600 pedal at retail. So that, that's a, um, a pretty small group that's going to be looking at that. But we do that in a bit to kind of marquee the, some of the technologies and the processes that are able to happen. But we can take that entire process by changing the ingredients and get this down to a $70 retail pedal. And it still has the same easy entry and, you know, white platform and all these types of things. So, 
our, our goal for the next year with pedals is to really help get this message back out to the consumer base that there's a, here's a very technical product. It's, we, we take into account biomechanics of the body and the foot and how somebody sits on a bike. And we want to make sure that they're efficient and they're comfortable and they're able to generate power if that's what they're after or that it's easy, easy to use, meaning easy to get into or get out of the system depending on what type of rider they are. And then whether they're wearing spandex and on the road or you know, it's an enduro rider or a lift service rider, it's the same, same philosophy, it's just making different pedals for different types of people and making sure we're hitting the different types of, uh, of their needs. On the frame side, it's a very different uh, philosophy. Time frames are um, unique, uh, unique in the, in the way that they're made. Uh, they're also a small batch operation. We're not, we, we don't have the ability to go out and make thousands and thousands of frames. Uh, we, we actually weave our carbon in the factory outside of Grenoble, France. So the only thing we buy are carbon threads, and then we have a braiding machine, and we'll actually braid the carbon to make the tubes. And then these tubes, you know, different types of weaves and different materials and stuff, these are then put over a mold, and we use a little different molding process than uh, what's common in the bike industry. It's, it's used in other type of... Um, manufacturing processes like the um, BMW's electric cars that have carbon parts on them use this, this molding process. It's called resin transfer molding. And this gives a, a time bike a very unique feel. It's, uh, it's different. And it, it's hard to explain. It, it's certainly easier when somebody rides one, they're just kind of like, wow. Or somebody who has one, they, they're pretty much uh, an advocate of these things. And, uh, you know, you, you know it's, I've been a cyclist my whole life and raced all that stuff. I've, I've had the luxury of riding some, some really nice bikes and being on some teams with some, some great bikes and stuff. And when this whole thing happened, it's, it was starting to be summertime. The roads were clearing up here, and I was, you know, starting to get out and ride quite a bit. And I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to switch bikes right now. But I took one for a ride, and I live up on a hill. And as I was coming down the hill, it's, you know, it, here we with snow and stuff, our, our roads get a little beat up. Within 100 yards, I could feel a difference on the bike. Just kind of a, it has a, uh, it's a, it's a really comfortable feel, but it, it's very uh, precise, and there's no loss of energy in these types of things. So, uh, with that, they're, you know, they're a little more expensive, and um, we're not in every shop. We actually, um, you know, if we if we had 50 shops, that's that's more than enough for for time. It's kind of a, a boutique type environment with these uh, because it's more expensive. We only sell them as frames, and people are going to build them up as they want. So maybe they're going to use DI2 or they're going to use ETAP, and you know they're going to get their dream wheels and these types of things. So the shops that are uh, that work with time are uh, you know they're helping people build this kind of dream bike, and they, they're they're fairly expensive price points. They you know if I would guess the average bike walking out the door of a store is pretty close to $10,000, and it, it wouldn't take much to go above that mark as well, depending on how they built this thing up. So, um, you know, if we're making pedals for every type of rider, we're making a frame for uh, a very, very small uh, part of the market. And we only make three different frames uh, for different types of riding. Well, Ryan, you sound so enthusiastic about the cycling side. I know you've got to kind of get into the skiing part now that it's mid-October and the snow is already starting to fly. 
Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, just came back from a trip out in New England to work on some ski stuff. It's um, so it, my role has changed a little bit. I, I you know split between ski and bike, and with that, we've brought on a, a product manager on the ski side who's got a lot of experience. Uh, and, from the the racing side and uh, retail side as well, so uh, that individual has been able to help quite a bit with a lot of things, to which has freed me up. And then uh, our racing manager is uh, taking on a little bit more as well. So we've created some opportunity for uh, a couple people on the the ski side, and um, and with that, that allows us to kind of manage the bike side as well. And then also some other people in the the company have, are working on bike as well. Um, and you know when you look at the marketing and uh, logistics and all these uh, you know what we call shared services, uh, they work on everything from alpine to Nordic snowboard, bike, clothing, you name it. So it's we've got a big team working on on all sorts of things, which is great. Well, Ryan Green, I thank you very much for taking the time out to join us today. Uh, thank you, appreciate it. From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. I'm Ned Fulmer. I'm Ariel. We're from the Try Guys, and we have a new podcast called Baby Steps. It's an irreverent parenting podcast because parenting is not perfect. We just had a newborn, baby Finn. I got pooped on. Ariel has pink eye. <laughs> I don't. We talk to some experts. We even bring you 4 a.m. thoughts from our garden. Oh my gosh, it's literally 4 a.m. Just to go back here, I thought I got poop in my eye. Yeah. And that causes pink eye. Parenting is a mess. We're a mess. You're a mess. Join us every Sunday. Listen to Baby Steps on ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST recommends.